Yeah, I did a long rambling three-hour episode before I went to bed last night. I deleted it today. And it, it's, I don't know, This is, I just do this for myself at this point. But it's one of those things where, you know, I'm a very closed-off person if you know me in the flesh. Like countless people I've met, they usually find that it's hard to get to know me. That's usually, that's feedback I've gotten throughout my entire life, where it's hard to really get to know me. And it's not because I'm a, you know, I, I don't want to know people or anything, but it's just, people don't really know a lot about me personally. But sometimes on here, like, this is very different. Like, these monologues are very different. Like, I don't talk to anybody like this. This isn't how I communicate with people. I mean, I, I started doing this because I just, it's how I entertain myself. Like, the things I say on here are kind of a form of like how I entertain myself in my own head. And so trying to do that out loud is just a fun thing for me to do, or it's interesting to me. And that's about it. But like last night I went on, talked about some dark and weird scenarios from my past. Like there was some sort of fun stuff about ghosts and the fact that a, a bird created a nest in the wreath on my door and laid eggs and how I've decided just to let it be. I'm just not going to use my front door. I'm going to use my front door as little as possible until the birds hatch and fly away. You know, some fun stuff in there. But I went on some dark and weird tangents involving women from the past and things like that. And there's a part of me that really enjoys talking about that stuff because it goes against my nature. It's stuff that I don't usually talk to people about. So the idea of talking about it and publishing it, especially years later, I don't know, there's something I... I dare say I enjoy about that or that feels good to do. But there's also, you know, how I truly feel about that stuff, how I operate normally is, you know, why reopen those doors? Why psychically reopen certain doors that are closed and are supposed to be closed? Why invite anything else to come in through those? And the same goes for current events. And I think I'm better at that where current events in my life, if there's something dark and weird or just anything really going on currently, that's an open door. And why open it even further? So last night, I think, I don't know, I just, I thought I was thinking about it earlier tonight and I was like, you know what? I just, I, I don't like that being out there. I don't like that being out there. So anyway, I'm just going to do this one instead. You know, over the, I've mentioned this before, but over the last year or two, I don't know if this is a post-COVID thing. I don't know what this is, but over the last year, definitely, I'll go through periods where it seems like every day I'm getting these Facebook requests from people I've, I have no idea who they are. And a couple of years ago, I stopped even looking at Facebook. I didn't protest. It's not like when people are like, I'm protesting Facebook and I'm deleting my account. It wasn't even one of those things. I've always appreciated those platforms. I've always appreciated what they offer. It's a way of staying connected with people, sharing ideas if you want to, giving people updates on your life, finding out about other people's lives. There's You can put photos up, videos up, anything. I don't, there's nothing wrong with that. And if you use it right, it's completely fine. There's nothing annoying or frustrating about those platforms if you just use them right. Um, but over the last year, year and a half, I just I was getting all these requests. And because I wasn't even looking at it, I was just like, I don't care. 
Oh, does this look like a bot? If it doesn't look like a bot, whatever. Oh, they have mutual friends with me, whatever that means on there. Okay, I'll add them. I don't really care. I don't look at this anymore. Maybe these are people who know who I am and want to be connected to me for whatever reason. I don't know. I didn't even really think about it. I found it strange and sort of annoying that I was getting these requests from people I didn't know. But I didn't actually like see who these people were or really look into them. But recently, I've started having to use Facebook a little bit for work and log into my account more. And as a result, like I'll occasionally just like look at the what they call the news feed. And I was realizing that I was just get, seeing all these posts from people. I had no idea who they were. And not only did I not know who they were, there was nothing compelling or interesting. There's no reason why I should be connected to those people. And so I, I would just unfriend them. I mean, I wasn't friends with them to begin with. But I, I unfriended them because I'm like, I don't need to be connected to these people. I'm not connected to these people. Because that word network has become more popular. Like, obviously, there are computer networks. Not social networks, but they're, you know, computer networks. It's a word that's become bigger because of, uh, you know, the way computers are connected through networks. You know, the internet and all that, just the actually like what makes it what it is. The internet, the internet itself is a network of information. But then, you know, in the last 15 years, the idea of social networks becoming popular, these concentrated social networks, like sites that are just designed for that. Obviously, networks, social networks were already forming on the internet from the very start. People were finding ways to connect with each other and know each other, and it was much more organic. But then when these social networks developed and they became very centralized, it was initially like, oh, it's a way to be connected to everybody you already know. And maybe a few people you don't know, but you have some reason maybe to be connected to them. And for me, it was like, oh, it's a way to be connected to some people that I, I know right now. It's, it's a way to be connected to people from my past. Maybe some people who know me from this, from that. It's a way of kind of bringing the different networks that you are a part of organically into one place. Like, oh, I know these people through art or music. I know these people from school. I grew up with these people. Oh, these people are relatives or extended relatives. You know, and then it just kind of pooled all of that together. It never bothered me, though. Like, you've been hearing for years people complain about Facebook, complain about social media or... And for me, the only thing I've ever found that frustrating about it is the politics, the toxic politics that played out. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I stopped looking at it very much. It just got boring for one. Like when something like Facebook became popular, the idea that this is just going to go on forever. At the time, it, you know, I was initially resistant to it. I had like my girlfriend at the time made me get an account and then I didn't look at it ever. And then at some point, I just started looking at it. At some point, it became just a, a very common way to communicate with people. So I used it quite a bit for a little while. But I didn't really think like, oh, this is how people are going to communicate forever. And I think it's a fine way to communicate forever. As far as the digital ether goes, it's a fine way to communicate forever. Like I said, what it actually offers, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being able to share your thoughts, share your photos, your videos, and see other people's. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but like anything, it's 
people that make it frustrating. And for me, it was just the sort of political dimension it took on. And I think that really escalated during the Trumpsfeld era. And it made you not, you know, even if, whether you agreed or disagreed, it was just, it added this new twist to it and it became very political. It became very socio-political. And it just kind of stretched on for so long. You were like, oh, I guess this is never going to die out because previous incarnations of that kind of got replaced. You know, when people were on MySpace, for example, that got replaced, that got phased out. Message boards. There's still a couple message boards that I look at, but that got phased out for the most part. Most people aren't using that when they get online. But what's strange about Facebook is that it's just kind of gone on forever. You know, I think I've been on there for something like 16 years now. Some people have been on for 20, close to 20. People who were using that in college who are my age. But I didn't, I'd heard people complain about it. And I always thought like some of the complaints were a little bit much. Like, is it really that bad? Is it really something you need to, to think about that much? If it's, if it's bothering you that much, you're probably creating that problem as much as it's creating a problem for you. You're probably expecting something out of it or expect, expecting it to be something other than what it should be. But I think the difference with that is... I always had very few friends on there. I've always kept to a very small circle of people. I've always had people in my life, but I've always kept to a very small circle of people. And, you know, being involved in music and art and that type of thing, I basically made connections to a relative handful of people and then just stopped. I was like, I met the people I was supposed to meet and then I just stopped. I don't need to keep that going. I don't need to keep networking. I don't need to keep finding connections. Nothing even against other people. It was just I met the people I was supposed to meet through that. And then if other people show up who matter, well, that's another thing too. Okay. But it's not something that I need to be interested in. So I'm, up until about you know a year and a half ago, I think I always had like something like 200 friends on there, which is a lot of people. Like I don't have 200 friends, that's for sure. I don't even have 200 people that I would say I need to be connected to. But when I looked at like who it was, it was just like, oh, these were people I worked with at some point in time. These were people I grew up with. These are people I went to school with. These are people I partied with. These are people I know through this mutual interest. It made sense why there were 200 people. But when I would look at it, aside from some of the, the political stuff, like, yeah, I would see other stuff where I was like, oh, I don't care, or this person's boring, this person's uninteresting. But I never, you know, I didn't feel angry at it or anything. I didn't feel upset by it. And this is around the time, too, that you started to see, oh, studies show that the people who use social media are the most, are the most depressed and anxious and their lives are the worst. You know, you got to unplug and get off. It was around the time I started seeing that stuff. And my reaction to that was always, well, it's probably how they're using it. It's probably what they're using it for. Because I would see things I didn't like or I disagreed with, but very rarely did it upset me. Very rarely did I have an emotional reaction to it. I would just be like, oh, well, that's a person I don't really need to be close to. 
But I kind of enjoyed the voyeurism. I kind of enjoyed that it was a, a simulation of the collective unconscious. But what I've realized too is, is it's even though it's called a social network, it's really a simulation of a network. And that's become more apparent to me with the sheer number of people that you don't have any connection to. It's it's not an actual network you're a part of. And with the, all these people I don't know, because I realized a lot of them, a lot of these people over the last year, and year, year and a half that were adding me were people who I don't even have a peripheral connection to. They're people who are involved in some of the worst experimental music. Something about them, they really like to add people on there. They really like to add people. There's something about people who make really crappy experimental music who really want to connect to you. And I think the only way they really sustain themselves, the only way people who make crappy experimental music sustain themselves is by this pseudo networking they do. And I'm not even saying this to be mean or cruel. And there's really, there's incredible experimental music. And that's what I used to be very involved with and interested in. But there are a lot of people who just make crap. And even if it's not that bad, it's just derivative. It's nothing. And, uh, but they kind of sustain themselves by this like pseudo networking. And, uh, I don't know, like, like looking into these people, like I noticed that too, whenever I would add one of these people and I would actually check Facebook without fail, most of them try to recommend you some page of theirs. Oh, like my page, which feels really outdated. Like there was a point in time where someone would create a Facebook page for something they do. And if you liked them or cared about them or were actually interested in it, you'd be like, sure, I'll like your page. I'll powder your face a little bit. Or maybe I do want to know what's going on with that. Maybe I do want to know what's going on with your record label. Maybe I do want to know what's going on with your, with your record label. Things, you know, it's, you might have an actual interest in, I reached a point though, where like that stuff, it wasn't useful to the person who was running it. It wasn't useful to you as an observer or consumer or anything. You know, I think about that with, um, you know, restaurants and things too. Like there was a point in time where, you know, restaurants and businesses had Facebook page pages. They still do. But it seemed to be very a very useful way to engage with their customers or their audience. I don't know if that's the case anymore. It just became like any other advertising. It just became like anything. But without fail, these people add you and then they recommend. And I, and I realized, oh, these, these people are just trying to get you. It's, it's, a, it's a game of points. Like if you click the like button on their page, they get another point. It doesn't actually translate to anything. It doesn't translate to support. They might feel a little boost mentally when they see that somebody liked their page or that they they now have this many likes. The same thing for posting anything on there too. Like someone posts something and gets this number of likes. You might feel like your ego stroked or you might feel a little boost, but it doesn't do anything for you. And so that's what these people are trying to do. Like when I would see these people add me who I, I initially thought like maybe they know who I am somehow. Every once in a while, I'm surprised and somebody I don't know knows who I am and wants to be connected to me. It's very rare. And sometimes it really benefits me. And I mean that like personally, like I'm really glad I know this person. 
But most of the time, it's just somebody kind of trying to accumulate points. And I, I wish that it was all called that. I wish that likes were just called points. Oh, you got this many points. You got this many points for that one. Acknowledgement points. But today I just went through, I went through the friends list and I just started unfriending all these people because I was up to like 390 friends on there. And that was too much for me. And it made me realize like there are people, like I would look at someone's page and it tells you how many people they've added recently. I don't know if it's a new thing. I haven't kept up to date on what Facebook tells you or what it shows. But I noticed that when I would hover over their name, it would say like they recently became friends with 126 people. And anytime I, I like today when I was looking at it, I was like, anytime I see that, I don't want anything to do with that person. If that person is just on there adding people, no way. I don't want anything to do with you. Or if our only connection is that we have like 60 mutual friends and I see who those mutual friends are and they're not even people that I'm, that I know in any substantial way, they might just be more of that. And the more of these mutual friends you have on there, I've realized the more likely you are to get added by these people who really, they don't even seem real. I know that these people are, I know they're not bots, but they don't even seem real. And I don't even know what they're trying to do or what they're doing. They want acknowledgement is what they, they want. It's what we all want. We all want acknowledgement. You know, when we say something, we want to know that somebody listened. But it, it all seems very hungry. These just seem like hungry ghosts. And the reality is I don't communicate with very many people. I've gone through phases of my life where I do, but even then it's probably not many by most people's standards. And uh, it's gotten harder and harder for me to even respond to the people I care about. There are many times where I'll, I'll go through my text messages on my phone and I realize like, oh shit, like I, I didn't respond to that person. I saw it and I was like, okay, I'll get back to this person when I have the mental energy to do it. And I just never do. And I, th I think we've been drained in that way. I think we've been exhausted. And there are certainly people who I wish I could respond to more or I wish I could just go back and forth with. And there are some people that I do do that with. Very few. Um, most of them are people I've known for a very long time. And those that I haven't are people that mean something to me. But that's pretty much my standard. And it's not even a rule that I've had to set. It's just how I am. You have to mean something to me. And I have to feel like you, like I mean something to you to really have any kind of back and forth exchange. And it's not that if I don't respond to somebody, it's not that they don't mean anything to me. They might mean a lot, but it's just kind of, there's so much to keep track of. And it's hard enough if you, you know, your professional life, you have to do it. And so you also have to do it in your personal life. But anyway, um, just looking at these people who have added me over the last year, year and a half, I'm like, is like what I was looking at is I was like, is there a reason why this person is connected to me? Are they actually connected to me? Do they actually care? And do I actually care? And the answer is no. And I think, you know, some years back, I, what I realized is that a lot of people saw this years ago. There's a lot of people who had like a thousand friends 
10 years ago. And they were, what I remember, when I, I remember noticing that it was like people I knew who would go on tour, people in bands and things, like they would network and it's practical. It's like, oh, I, I'm going to be in contact with a lot of people because I need to be. In order to do the things I want to do, I need to be in contact with a lot of people that I probably don't care about, but maybe they can serve me or maybe I can serve them. Maybe they can book a show for me. Maybe it's if I do something special that I feel is special, maybe it's a way of exposing myself to them more. Or if, if they do something special, maybe it's a way of being exposed to more of what they do. But I realized that the people who have been complaining about social media for years, who have been really disgruntled about it, way more than I am, they've been seeing what I'm seeing right now at an even greater volume for a much longer amount of time. Like They've had all of these hundreds of people they don't know on their list for years. And when they log in, they just go, who the fuck is this? Who is this? What is this? What kind of substance does this bring my life? And I don't even mean that in a mean way. Because something might be substantial to someone else that they know, but it's not substantial to me. But anyway, um, it's just, I had kind of a realization this weekend, or it's my weekend right now. I had one day off, which was today, but I had a realization today, my weekend, where I was just like, oh yeah, this is why people we're kind of disgusted by this and it seems hostile to unfriend somebody when it's really not. It's just kind of, I don't need to be connected to this person because I'm not actually connected to them in any, in any way. And there are people from my past that I, I will never have anything to do with again. Like there are kids I grew up with that I wasn't even close friends with, but at some point they added me on there and I wish them the best. Like we drank from the same water supply from elementary school through high school. I hope they're married. I hope they have kids. I hope they have a job they don't hate. I hope they're happy. Beyond that, we're never going to have a great conversation. We're never going to communicate. But I don't mind being connected to them because there's a reason for it. I don't mind staying connected to people. And one of the reasons why I keep those accounts is one, like, I don't know, I've always been a fan of self-expression. Like, even though I can be a hard person to know and closed off in many ways, I've always, anytime there's been an outlet for self-expression, I've generally found a way to use it unless I absolutely hate it. And so I'll always keep things for that, but I'll, I also keep, I like to keep channels open with people. I don't close channels with people ever, really. Sometimes your communication with someone just dies out. Sometimes just the reason why you were connected to somebody just dissipates. But I never mind keeping the channel open. I've never been someone who closes, you know, the door with people, really, unless there's a really good reason. People have done it with me. But I just kind of let things dwindle. There's never, I've never had big blow-ups with people, anything like that. But, uh, Batty's looking really cute here. I think he's gotten used to the bird being around. He's barking a lot at the door a couple, before I knew the bird was 
nesting on the wreath of my front door, I noticed that Batty had started barking at the front door, which usually means someone's walking by. He doesn't do it for no reason. He hears something. And I noticed that I'd heard a couple weird little noises, but it was it didn't sound like a human or anything. Just a couple weird little noises. And it turns out there was a little bird, hence the little noises. But now it makes sense why Batty was barking. But he hasn't been doing it today. I've seen the bird there. Like today I saw the mother bird, one word, mother bird, nesting there. She was just watching her nest and I was, it made me really happy. It feels right. Everything going on in my life right now, it feels right that there's a bird bringing new bird life into the world on my front door. I need it. Um, but I, anyhow, I don't know. It's, it's we've, like what I was going to say a little bit ago is just that these social networks that we use, they're really a simulation of a network. They're not an actual real network. It hasn't made networking any more substantial or real. It's made it easier in some ways, but it's also made it flimsier. It's also made you ask yourself, like, how and why am I connected to this person? It's confusing. That's what I was feeling today when I was looking at these people and I was like, this is confusing. I've never communicated with this person. I don't communicate with that many people. I never really have. It, Batty, don't bite me. Come on, you were looking really... I just said you were looking really cute. When Batty's trying to sleep, he bites if you bug him. I was just trying to move him because he was kind of falling. Just You were falling. I was looking out for you, man. But yeah, you know, it's, been, it's very confusing when you look at these people and you're just like, why am I connected to these people? Because, you know, networking used to, I mean, email used to be a social network. Like, I remember even 10 years ago, emailing with more people. I had certain friends, and we would regularly email each other. There's only one person that I email with any regularity in the last couple of years. And uh, that's the only person. And... Uh, even people that I, I used to do that with who are good friends of mine and stuff, it just kind of stopped. We have other ways of communicating or we don't communicate as much. But it used to be like your your network, your social network online played out through email. It played out through instant messenger and things like that. And, you know, a network, there should be, like I was saying earlier, like there should be substance to it. If you have a network, there should be a reason for it. There should be something that you utilize that network for. And that could be just communication. But the way these social networks work today, you're not actually using it for anything. It's just, it's, it's pure noise. It's just throwing things out there to people who mostly don't care, who don't know you, who don't really want to know you. And it builds this kind of weird resentment. I mean, people don't react to confusion very well. I've said this many times, or people don't react to confusion that well. People are more upset, like when they don't understand someone, they're often more upset about it than if they don't like that person or, or like, you know, it, it's, it's worse. It's worse to be confused by someone than it is to be angered by that person. There's something about confusion that bothers people far more. Because, you know, if you like or dislike someone, or you like or dislike someone they said or did, you at least know how you feel. 
But when you're confused, you don't know how to feel. You try to reconcile it. You see this in politics. Like if you have political views or non-views that confuse people or that they can't easily fit into something they do understand, they may have a bigger problem with you than if you just believe the opposite of them because at least then they can be like, oh, I hate them and that's it. I hate them and that's it. But if they don't know, if they don't know what to think, they're more bothered by that. And so with the way these networks have played out online in the last 15 years, it doesn't feel like that long, but that's about how long this has been going on the way it is now, the current form of social networking, these social network platforms. You end up looking at these people and you know that these are real people who do things. But you ask yourself, like, how and why do I know this person? There's this fog. It's very foggy. And that's what I felt lately, like having to use, because I, I have to access the company's Facebook profile. And so I have to log into my account to do that. I'm an administrator, something like that. But as a result, I would see my news feed in the last couple of weeks and I would just be, it was like this fog. I'm just like, where did these people come from? Who are they? Many of them don't even have a photo of themselves. Some of them don't even use their real name. I don't know if it's some sort of project name. I don't know what it is. But again, it's this fog. It's this confusion. And it, it, you know, it really doesn't do you any good. It doesn't do them any good. Because you don't care about these people. And it's not a mean thing. It's not an, it's not a... It's not a mean-spirited thing to say that. You know, when you say you don't care, it often comes across mean-spirited. Oh, I don't care. But not caring can be a beautiful thing. It means there's, there's just no passion here. I mean, really, you have to care about somebody to be angry with them. You have to care about somebody to be happy with them. Most people, though, you're likely not to feel one way or the other. Most of the time, you're just like, I don't really feel one thing or another about this person. I don't care. And that's not dismissing them in their life. It's not, it's not a dismissive thought. You just don't care. And so I was looking at this, and I was like, I don't care. I don't care about this. I don't care about this person. I'd give them a drink of water if they were dying. I'd pull them out of a burning car that was about to explode if I could. But beyond that, that's really it. That's just being decent. But realizing that probably a lot of the, the resentment people have had towards social media over the years stems from just the sheer number of people that you're connected to who you don't care about. And thinking about like people that I'm still connected to, like I was looking at it too, and there was like my ex-girlfriend from when I was 21, like her roommate who I knew for two months, this lesbian girl, who I, has a beard now. She's still using her, I, I, haven't, I haven't thought about this girl since 2007 probably, 2008 maybe at the latest. But I haven't thought about this girl since then. Like, my girlfriend was, she moved out of the dorms. She moved in with this girl, this butch lesbian girl, who was just doing, just living the, 
I remember being at their house and like they had, there was a copy of the L word on DVD on top of the TV. And I was like, oh yeah, she's a young lesbian and she's watching the L word. I don't even know what the L word's like, but I know L stands for lesbian. Maybe she relates to this. It's like, it's, it's programming for her. But I saw that this girl has a beard now. She still uses her given name, her female name. So I don't know what she's doing, but I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that girl from 15 years ago. I didn't unfriend her though. That's the, that's the, the funny thing. Like I will never communicate with this girl ever again. I will never have anything to do with this girl ever again. Like I probably should unfriend her. Probably should. Probably should. But I at least know how I met her. I at least know why she added me on Facebook way back when. I know there's a reason for this, I guess. And it's the same thing with just other random people where I'm like, oh yeah, like, oh yeah, that's somebody who was a friend of a friend that I drank with a couple times and then they added me on here. I'll never hang out with them again. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know where they live, but I at least know why. I know, I know the how and why of where they came from and that kind of thing. It's funny though, how like, I don't actually care to be in contact with them, them. There's no reason to be in contact with them. But it's like, I, I think knowing how I'm connected to them, I'm, it's like they're grandfathered in or something, as if it matters at all. Grandfathered into what? Grandfathered into what? I don't know, but they're grandfathered in. I'm probably putting more thought into this than anybody should, but I guess people do think about this. Um, I don't know. It's it's a weird way of thinking about people. And I think about people a lot. Even though I don't interact with people a lot, I think about them all the time. And people think about you know me a lot. I don't mean that in a self-absorbed way. I just know that I'm a very busy person. I have a lot going on at any given time. I have a lot of things I'm focused on that don't involve people, not directly. But I still have time to think about people a lot. They fascinate me. I, like if I care about them, I worry about them. If I don't like them or they're doing something I don't like, I think about them. I think about people a lot. And because of that, I know other people think about me and they think about other people all the time too. There's some people who think about people a lot more than I think about people. There's some people who think about people more than I think about people. But sometimes you have to actually look at who you know and think about who you know. And getting away from this online dimension, which has taken over everything. Because, I mean, like, last thing I'll say about that is when I was looking at this, I was looking at all these people who have added me over the last year and a half. And I was thinking, this is like, this is bacterial. These are people who just add people. And a few of them messaged me when they add me. Like, there's a few guys, like middle-aged guys who I'm guessing are involved in experimental music, but I have no idea who they are. And they'll, like, send you, like, a waving hand. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, there was a guy who messaged, who added me, and 
about a week ago, two weeks ago. And he was like, hey, how's it going? And I was like, good, how are you? I normally wouldn't respond to that, but I was just, I was wondering if somehow he knew me. And he, he was like, are you gay? And it, and it wasn't, he's gay. And I was like, oh, you just message people and like ask them if they're gay? Hey, are you gay? And I just, I unfriended him. I'm just like, I don't need to, I don't need to be getting messages like this. Oh, this is weird. Is this is this what gay guys do? Is this what gay guys do? Is this what gay guys, gay guys do? I don't know. You just message somebody who you find interesting, and you're like, are you gay? Like me? But uh, I've had a few messages, though, where just someone's like, hi. I had a woman add me who was like some Asian woman, and she's like, hi there. Great to be connected to you. And I'm like, is this a bot? I don't know. But I, I know that I don't want to be getting messages like this. But I have a friend and she'll, she'll uh, just add people she doesn't know and then start talking to them a lot. She just wants people to talk to. And it's a good way to do that. But I just don't do that myself. I don't just start talking to new people. It really takes something special for me to actually... Hey, it takes something special. And it does, though. It takes something special for me to actually start communicating with somebody on a personal level there ha i have to you know feel something i don't just do it because i'm bored but getting away from that getting away from the internet dimension like i was saying like i think about some people i know in town here a friend of mine in particular and i remember like you know she was from my hometown and went to the same schools i went and she was a couple years younger than me, and then she moved down here, but I didn't know her in my hometown. But when I met her and I found out that like she drank from the same water supply, she was kind of a, a unique person in my same little world that I grew up in, we just immediately formed a bond and became friends. And then she was a fun and interesting person in her own right, separate from that. So we, we became good friends for a while. But I remember like she was very connected to everybody in this town. She knew everybody. She'd partied with everybody, hung out with everybody. And she would be talking about these people and I didn't know them. And it was really difficult for her to understand that I didn't know them. She'd be like, oh, well, I'm sure you know so-and-so. Oh, you know so-and-so. And I'd just be like, I don't. Like I'm aware of a lot more people than I know. Especially when I was a bar fly. There are certain people, I, I know who that is but I've never spoken to them. They probably know who I am, but they, you know, we've never spoken. But she was the sort of person where if she saw these people, she would talk to them. She would, everywhere she went, she would see people she knew and have a conversation with them. Even if they weren't good friends of hers, they were just, she had this very real human in the flesh network of people she knew in this town and that burns people out too. Something I've noticed about living in a town like Olympia is, you know, it's the capital, it's a small city. The greater Olympia area is like the town, the cities of like Tumwater, Lacey, and Olympia. There's a good number of people when you combine the greater area. It's not, it's nothing like living in a real city or anything. It has kind of a small town feel. And, it, and if you are involved in anything, even just socially in this town, at some point you kind of know who everybody is. You rub shoulders with just about everybody. 
but that really burns people out. The more people you're around, even if you're a social person, even if you're an outgoing person, the more likely you are to get burned out on it. And all of the people I know who have lived here who end up hating it, it's because they just they they got too connected to other people. And one of the reasons why I've lived in Olympia as long as I have, and I've had friends who lived here, like, I can't believe you still live there. That place is so depressing. The people are this. The people, the people. But the reason is because I've never really kept any substantial connection. And I went through a period when I was drinking a lot where I, I did socialize a lot more. I did get to know more people and I enjoyed it in its own right. It was the partying is really what helped. I wouldn't have done it if I wasn't partying. But just as easily as it came, it went. And the reason why I think I've been able to be content and, and enjoyed simply living here as a solitary person is largely because I'm not that connected. I live a, a very anonymous, quiet life here. And it's a good place for that if you're that type of person. It's if, if you remove your anonymity, it's not so great. But if you want anonymity, you can hide out here without even needing to hide. That's why I like it. You're near nature. You've got everything you need. You've got all the necessities nearby. But you can hide out without needing to hide, and that's why I like it. And I have friends who have left this area who left in a huff, like all the people. The people. They always leave because of people. And they're always seeking a different type of person. But many of those people have told me, like, I miss it. I want to come back there. They go to other places and they realize wherever you go, there you are. Wherever you go, you're going to run into some of the same things. And they want to come back. But, uh, I don't know, like, like thinking about these people I've known, though, who are just way too tapped in. And I don't think they realize that I'm not. And they're always kind of surprised that I'm not. I think because of who I am, people assume that I know a lot more people than I do, that I have more connections to people than I do. I really have very few. And sometimes it's amazing that I have any at all. I don't get many text messages. These days, almost all the text messages I get are work-related. I'm, I'm part of a group chat with some other mafia researchers. That's I, I pretty much only hear from them or people that I work with right now. And like occasionally a couple other people. Occasionally a couple of family members too. But I'm really not in communication with very many people. And I'm not hungry for it either because I don't know what I would talk about with most people. And going back to you know Facebook, like seeing... 150 new people have been added to my list in the last year who I don't know. I look at that and I'm like, what would I even talk about with these people? What is this based on? What do I have to say? I, obviously, I have a lot to say. I do this. The people that I care about, I have a lot to, to say to them. 
you know, I have friends where we talk on the phone. We might not live near each other anymore. We might have never lived near each other with a couple people, but we could talk for hours. We have to stop. Like, I think about my friend Tony. You know, when we talk on the phone, I've never even met him. But we could talk about anything. Like, we we're both researchers. We're both interested in the mafia and organized crime, but we can talk about any subject under the sun and talk about that all into the night. There have been times where we've talked until like 5 a.m. his time. He lives in New York. It's like that with my friend Miles. We can talk. I've talked to Miles on the phone for 10 hours at a time before to the point where we're both crouched down near a power, you know, a power outlet because our phones are dying and, and we have headaches and fevers from talking on the phone for too long. Nobody's eaten. But there's so much to say. I think actually 10 hours is a little exaggeration. I know that one time I talked to Miles on the phone for eight hours without stopping. Like maybe someone's phone died and one of us called the other back, but there was just a lot to say. It's like that with certain people. Oh yeah, we can just we can talk for eight hours. I've told people that kind of stuff. Like I'll tell people even that I have phone calls that are two hours long and they're blown away. Email too. I remember years ago mentioning to a friend, I was like, Oh yeah, you know, you know, I got I emailed this friend, blah blah blah, and they were like, You still email? Like the idea of sending long form emails to someone today is as strange to them as sending letters. The idea of talking to somebody on the phone all night is as strange to them as anything. There's some people who have never done that. There's some people younger than I am who have never just sat there and talked on the phone to a friend for hours and hours. And it's very foreign to them. I mean, when I meet people who are substantially younger than me, people who are thinking about some of the kids who work for us, who are 20, 21 years old, they're human beings. And when you're with them in the flesh, it's it's a good reminder that they have senses of humor. They're, they don't just look at their phones all the time. They have personalities. They can socialize. But uh, outside of that, like... They've used technology to communicate very differently than I have. It's mostly short form. They've probably never really used email, which is weird to think about. Email seemed like it would be big forever. Big forever. But if you're 21 years old today, you've probably never had to use email except to sign up for stuff to activate an account, maybe for work, but you've never had to use email for something personal. You've certainly never written a letter. I didn't write many letters. I'm not going to pretend that I grew up in an era where there were a lot of letters being written just occasionally. But that is something I think about, like where this person's never used email, they've never used phone calls in the same way that I have. 
They've never had a reason. And that's a different experience. And some years back, I told people, like people I knew, I was like, just call me. Just call me. Because I started to realize that a lot of people were really uncomfortable on the phone. I started to notice more and more people who were my age and younger experienced severe anxiety getting a phone call, even from close family members or their good friends. Like, oh my God, it's a phone call. Oh my God, it's a phone call. You know, they, they would get freaked out by phone calls. So what did I do? I would call them. I had a joke a few years back where I was like, I'll teach you how to talk on the phone. Teach classes how to talk on the phone. That's actually something that I pay close attention to when I'm setting up job interviews is I'll call people and the, how they are on the phone is almost more important to me than how they are in person. If they're really awkward on the phone, I don't judge them for it, but I'm kind of like, hmm. But if they, if they just seem natural and good on the phone, I, I see it as a major plus. Not even, they're not going to be making any phone calls at work, but I just see that as something. I see that as something. But when I started to notice that more and more people were anxious on the phone, I was like, oh, we're starting to lose that muscle. It's like evolution removing the tail from a creature because they don't use it anymore. People are starting to lose the mechanism that allows them to converse on the phone. But, um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I have more to say, but, uh, I should wind down here. You know, I guess I think about groups of people too, where every once in a while I'll get introduced to a group of friends or, or a group of people who seem really tight knit. And then the more I get to know some of them, the more I realize this group isn't very tight knit. They actually haven't known each other very long and don't know each other that well at all. They seem like it because people form bonds really easily. This is something I see at work with this new store. It's, the store has been open for two and a half months. And it kind of blows me away with how quickly people develop this intimacy. How quickly they become part of each other's lives. I mean, they're part of each other's lives just by being around each other. But how quickly they, they kind of form a tribe, for better and certainly for worse. Like something I become aware of, like as the manager, I don't, uh, I don't communicate with people outside of work for non-work related reasons. But I, I've learned that a lot of the employees are texting each other. Even people who have left the company, they're like, she's still talking about this all the time. I'm still hearing from her about this all the time. And I'm like, really? You guys go home and you text each other. You're, you're talking. And it's all short form. Everything's very short. 
But uh, I don't know. I guess I'm just kind of blown away with like how quickly this little network of people has been put together. They work together and how quickly like these channels form and these relationships form. And I've seen that play out a million times, but I see it with friendships as well, where there's a group of friends and you don't realize how easily that forms and how easily it dissipates. Like sometimes you'll meet somebody and they're best friends. Oh, these two people are inseparable. They must, they must go way back. I remember there was a woman I knew in a social circle I was in many years back. And she had this, this best friend turned enemy. And they had lived together. And now they were rivals. They, they both talked. I knew them both. And they both talked each other about each other all the time. They talked shit about each other constantly. And one time I asked one of them, I was like, how long have you guys known each other? And she was like, two years. I was like, what? The way you talk about your friendship before you turned into enemies, it sounded like you'd known each other for 15 years. You've known each other for two years? And I was like, how'd you guys even meet? And they were like, oh, our, our kids, because of our kids. And I was like, oh, so you were both just parents who met each other randomly, became very close for a short time, and now you hate each other. And this is all just like a two, two and a half, maybe three years at the most process. I'm not like that at all. Like when I make friends, I'm usually friends for life. Even if I don't talk to somebody anymore, I still think of them as a friend. They never turn into an enemy. Sometimes there's not a reason to know them much anymore. But they never turn into an enemy. And usually I, I've known them for a very long time too. It's, I don't know. I don't form new friendships very easily. Not because it's difficult. I think it's actually very easy to form, to make friends with people. I found that if you actually try, it's really easy to make friends with people. Like I knew a girl who moved to this area from another part of the country. And she told me like, yeah, I was in this relationship and we broke up. And then I, I realized I didn't have any friends. So I just made a little bit of effort. I just like went out of my way to talk to people and go to things. And then I ended up with a bunch of friends. And I was like, yeah, it is pretty easy. As long as you're not, you know, a terrible person. And even then, terrible people make friends pretty easily too. They don't always last, but they make friends. But I'm actually very sentimental about the people that I've formed any kind of bond with. And I think part of that sentimentality is that I don't do it with many people. But anyway, something new that we have to deal with is these simulations of networks. These are simulations of the sorts of relationships that you once formed organically. But now we have this click of a button you can do. And we think it means something. You have to approve of it. You think about Facebook and it's like you get this notification. 
and you have to approve it. It's like, oh, I'm going to be connected to this person, but I, I got to approve it. I got to confirm it. Like that actually means something. Like you're actually letting them into some, some private world that matters. And it really doesn't. A lot of it doesn't. But I think you can use it in a way that does matter. And you can do that in real life too. You can do that in waking, you know, skin reality. You know, it's up to you whether this matters or it doesn't. And for someone like me, it's not even a decision. I just kind of feel it. I just know if it matters. Like if I start talking to somebody, I, I kind of know if this is going to matter or not. I know if something's here or not. And time and... I don't know if commitment is the right word. Time and effort aren't really going to change that. I remember my friend Nick, who I grew up with, very smart guy, but him saying at one point, he's like, oh yeah, when I met so-and-so, I had a college class and you know he was in my class and I, I just saw him and I was like, oh, I know I'm going to be friends with that guy. And he, he mentioned that's just something he just knows. They stand out. They're like the cartoon boulder. You see the cartoon boulder, you know it's outlined differently, so it's going to fall. I relate to that heavily. You just you kind of know if something is going to be of significance. You know that if someone's going to be able to be your friend or not. It's not that you decided that arbitrarily, but it's not something you decided either. It's just kind of intuitive. But um, we're dealing with something on a whole different level. And now we're in a world, too, where there's more bots. But there's also a lot of real people who just seem like bots. And I'm not talking about people being NPCs or anything like that. There's just a lot of real people who seem like bots. There's a lot of people who, who don't seem that different from AI. And I always appreciate people... Who don't seem that way. I don't look down on people who do seem like they might as well be AI. I'm just kind of aware of the fact that this isn't even really that different from what AI does. From what AI does. But when someone challenges that, like when they when it's unexpected, like even if they challenge me, I don't mind being challenged. And when someone challenges you, it at least means the communication is real. When you, don't, when you don't know how someone is going to interpret something or react to something, it's easy to not like that feeling. It's easy to not like the uncertainty of that. But there's something to appreciate there too. Because you're like, this isn't pre-programmed. I don't know what this person's going to say. I don't know what this person's going to think. And while predictability in communication and predictability in relationships is good and you need a certain amount of it, you also need a certain amount of unpredictability. Not so much that it feels unstable, but it's at least refreshing. 
you're at least surprised. And I appreciate people who surprise me, even if I don't necessarily like the surprise or I don't know what to expect. I don't, it's, it's, there's a level of discomfort. Maybe there's a level of anxiety. I still like the surprise of it. This land is mine God gave this land to me This brave, this golden land to me And when the morning sun Reveals her hills and plains I see a land where children can run free.